0: hallelujah praise be to god i hope you're safe i hope the lord has kept you safe and sound this is a day that the lord has met we shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the word of god here we study the bible and we aim to study from the book of genesis to revelation by the grace of god we've done 25 books of the bible and uh, if you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis. You can find them on our app, Bible in Depth Network. You can find them through our website, bibleindepth.com. And when you visit our website, you'll find everything about the network. You'll find live radio there. You can listen through the website. You can find um, a live prayer, live stream for worship and prayer, where you can be able to go in the presence of God and seek him to boost Uh, your prayer time, your worship time. You can find kids' publications. You'll find clips about the Bible, everything about the Bible. Podcasts as well, you'll find them on the website BibleInDepth.com. You can also go on all podcast platforms like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Name it and you'll be able to find all podcasts that we have done. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you because there is no limitation to Revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he indeed will speak to you. Now today, I want us to continue with our study into the history of Israel. Remember, we reached Ezekiel chapter 38. And before we discuss Ezekiel 38, we wanted to look at events that happened in the land of of Israel from when they leave captivity in Babylon 538 BC until today because the prophecy that is given in Ezekiel chapter 38 is yet to come we are going to see it happen very soon and the events that have come before that prophecy the events that Israel has gone through as a nation and we've looked at that from uh, the last uh, few episodes that we've handled. And today, I believe we shall come closer to the modern times. Yeah? And yesterday, where we left off, it is 70 AD after death, after Anno Domino. Sometimes we call it after death, but it's Anno Domino. Or it's in the year of the Lord. Yeah, we misunderstood that for before Christ and after death. But it's before Christ, BC, and Anno Domino. Um, in the year of the Lord, when Christ has been born. Now, the years we're looking at is 70 AD, we looked yesterday, where Jerusalem is totally brought down. Um, The emperor then comes, burns it to the ground, and it's finished. There's nothing left of Jerusalem. The cities are burnt down. People are killed. People enter into a dispersion of sorts that happens once again for the people of Israel. It's a state that mostly is now non-existent, 70 A.D. And uh, you had the First Roman War, which we looked at yesterday. And right now, we get to a period 132 to 135 A.D. And that one sees a man rise up as Bacoba, and uh, Bacoba rises up against Rome because Rome is the one that is uh, taking charge of that area, yeah. And uh, Bacoba rises up against Rome, and this is also known as the Third Roman War. Of course, the Second Roman War, it it was uh, just an uprising that came up after they've burnt down Jerusalem and they've lost the temple, they've lost everything. And uh, Bacobah rises up and we see the third Roman war come into shape in the land of Israel. And Bacobah was considered by many of the Jews as the Messiah. They said this is the true Messiah who was come. Of course, the Messiah had already come. That is Jesus himself. And the Christians greatly objected what the Bakoba uh, issue was re- raising that he is the Messiah. You know, the, the, the very important thing to note in the land of Israel is that Jesus, when he came, he was received by many, but he was also rejected by many. So, on the top of the leadership or the political ranks or religious ranks in the land of Israel, of the Jews, they rejected Jesus. They did not accept him. They did not accept his uh, position as Messiah. Now, when Bacoba rises in 132 AD, they say, this is the Messiah. And uh, when he comes, because for them, they believed a Messiah is supposed to take us through war. He's supposed to take us out of uh, the leadership, out of the, co- the conquest of Rome, of whoever is leading. We have to get back on the map. Israel looked at itself as being one of the the nations that is leading others. It looked at itself as the one that should be having the position of Rome, not being under Rome. Yeah? So, it's taken a while since they returned from exile, from Babylon. They have seen the Persians take charge. They've seen the Greeks take charge. Now they are seeing the Romans take charge. They're like, hey, it's supposed to be us. So, we have a Messiah that was prophesied in our books. And we believe that is the one who is going to come and give us victory because we are told that when he comes, we shall be safe. We, no one shall attack us. No one shall kill us. We shall be in good hands. Now, when Jesus comes, they don't see him in that way. Because for him, he comes and is speaking peace. He's saying if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. It's like he's saying when the Romans hit you, give them uh, uh, the other cheek that they also hit. Be submissive. That didn't work for them. When Bacoba comes, they're like, this is a man. This is the one we want. Yeah. So they enter into a conflict, the third Roman war, and it was a big defeat for the Jews. And it's estimated over 580,000 Jews were killed in that third Roman war. Uh, The emperor, then who is Hadrian, uh, suppressed Jewish religion and uh, all the political autonomy of any nature that they had, was suppressed the more, and he made even a bigger step and banned the Jews from Jerusalem. And imagine he told them, "If you are Jewish, do not enter Jerusalem anymore." That was a big ban. It's a big statement. That's where their temple is, and uh, here this Judean territory is also renamed to Syria Palestina Province, and uh, it's like let's now take these guys off the map. That's what they did for them. That's what they felt would work for them. Now, when we move forward in uh, 313 AD to about 636 AD, there is a split that happens within the Roman Empire, within the Roman ranks, and there's a division that comes on and they split their empire. And in the area that Israel is, we saw the Byzantine rule that came. And those were the Roman Eastern, Eastern faction of uh, the Roman Empire. yeah, The Byzantines, these ones come, and now Israel is under the control of the Byzantines, being controlled by the Byzantines. And uh, under Emperor Constantine, we hear a lot about that man. He was the emperor in this faction. Christianity was given room. They left Christianity to prosper. He let Christianity prosper. But then it's key for you to uh, make sure you differentiate between the Jewish uh, religion or religious system and Christianity. Remember the Jews top in ranks ignored Jesus' call. They did not see him as the Messiah. They did not consider him. But when Constantine comes, they picked on Christianity as the religion for the empire they said this is what we follow yeah uh, and uh they, we saw churches being built in jerusalem in galilee churches were being built in nazareth churches were being built and uh, the, the the emperor at this time constantine was uh pro-christianity he really supported christianity and uh it fared greatly this in this season it started to move out through the whole world. And that's a lot of credit that goes to them as that Byzantine Empire, especially through Constantine, that the gospel started to be spread. However, uh, we see the Jews are also there and they are not considered Christians. And they fared well in the early time of this Byzantine uh, era. Uh, The reason they fared well is because they occupied a sort of no man's land position. They were not pagans and still they were not expected to convert to Christianity. So they were in the middle there and they fared well as Jews. And we saw them being granted legal equality with other citizens and they were allowed to worship as the Jews. They could have their holidays running. They could uh, go into their synagogues. The synagogues were recognized and, uh, One thing, though, they didn't accept with them, as the Byzantines, they didn't accept this issue of circumcision because they considered it barbaric. They were like, no, we will not let you circumcise. That they banned with the Jews, but they let them do everything else. Now, changes start to emerge around the 5th century AD when there is a new emperor called Theodosius. And what he does, he turns against the Jews and... The reason he turns against the Jews is because they rejected Jesus. Remember now, this empire accepts Christianity. They rally on Christianity. They support Christianity. Now, when the Jews come on the scene and they want to make their issue known, or they are worshipping in their own way, as Constantine let them, this new emperor here, Theodosius, turns against the Jews. He says, you guys killed Jesus, the one we serve the one we believe in, yeah? He puts them on point, on spot. He says, why did you kill Jesus? So, he's not happy with the Jews anymore. Trouble starts for them as Jews, yeah? And he increases their taxes. He even forbids them from getting any public uh, office, holding any public office. He stops them from intermarriage. Don't marry even across. cross. Keep in your own sect... And he also tells them, We do not want you to build any more synagogues. Reason he's saying you guys rejected Jesus. And not just rejecting him, you killed him, the one we serve our leader. Now you see that in this point there is a clear difference between the Christians and the Jews, what they worship. But you have all in the land of Israel, you have Christians, those who believed in Jesus in Israel then you have the Jews who unfortunately did believe in him but still occupy the top positions of the Jewish leadership and religious system. Now, 614 AD, we see a Persian invasion that comes. And this was towards the end of the Byzantine rule. And the Persians invaded Israel. Persians are considered as Iranians yeah. when you come to the modern times. And this helps us in where we will end. Uh, They invade Israel and they get the help of those Jews who felt they were low, they were not considered, so they help them fight. So they overcome this lowly status. When they win, of course, these Jews that came in the lowly status take uh, some reins and leadership within the land of Israel, uh, which just lasted uh, three years and they were reconquered by the Byzantine army once more so it didn't last long that persian invasion 636 a.d to about 1099 a.d we get a new person on the map remember the romans have lasted for long so long somebody comes and takes over and those were the muslims yeah the arabs come and rule Ancient Israel, the land of Israel. And Israel is conquered by the Arabs. And uh, they were going to now rule for the next 450 years. What they did, these Muslims, when they came, in their 450 years, they made sure they spread their teaching, their belief through most parts of the world. And the regions that you see are filled with Muslims. It all started in this period where they came onto the map fought wars, uh, took territories, and then converted people to their belief that they had. So this is the period around that that the Muslims start to appear, that the Muslim uh, belief starts. And uh, Israel is conquered by the Muslims at this time, these, these Arabs, and they are going to rule them for over 450 years. And uh, this happens four years after the death of the islam prophet we all know as muhammad uh that jerusalem is taken yeah after four years from his death uh in 636 ad uh the muslims come and take over the land of israel and what they did as muslims they allowed the jews to return come back from wherever you are in the dispersion and they let them settle in their nation And uh, they gave them a status of non-Muslims protected by law. They're like, these guys are here. They're under our protection. Do not touch them. And with this status, they had the liberty to worship as Jews. Yeah, during the time of the Muslims. In 691, about there, there is one of uh, those big Muslim guys called Abd al-Malik who built the dome of the rock mosque in Jerusalem. That's a feature, a Muslim landmark to date that we see whenever you see the picture of Israel, the center of Israel. That's the dome that you see with the golden sort of curve on top. Yeah, it was built by the Muslims. And this was a Muslim landmark in the land of Israel. And it's believed that it was put in the site of the Temple Mount. Just right there, where you had the Temple of Solomon, the Herodian Temple, that is where they placed this Muslim landmark. So, practically, Israel was uh, being taken over by the Muslims. Of course, their temple had been burnt down in 70 They didn't rebuild it, and in the slot, that slot you saw, uh, the Muslims build their landmark in that area. Social and economic. Discrimination, of course, still happened with the Jews, even in the time of Muslims. There were high taxes, and this caused the Jews eventually to say let's leave, and uh, their population in Israel also started to fall once again because of these tough economic and social issues that they had. So the Muslims started to rule and to govern. Uh, the land of Israel, from 636 to 1099. All that period, it was a time for Muslims in the region. They went ahead and conquered the neighboring states. They went into Egypt and took uh, uh, their reigns there. So their religion spread across the whole world in that season. Now, 1099 to about 12, uh, 1291 AD, something happens. We see crusaders arrive in Israel. Uh, These crusaders, they were Christian knights and peasants from the Western uh, world, Western Europe. And they were sent by Pope Urban to fight the Muslims and recapture Israel. The Pope then, back in Rome, called Urban. Said, we need to get Israel back into our hands as Christians. Yeah? We have to fight the Muslims. Actually, the crusades that this Pope Abban uh, instilled or asked that they start to happen, they came to take off the Muslim era. He said, these guys are spreading everywhere. We need to stop them. So the crusades started to bring down the time of the Muslims And uh, these crusades were also going to go and uh, get their effect in Israel. So these crusaders that come, they are sent by Pope Urban. He says, go and fight and recapture Israel. They succeeded in their capture of Israel and Christian rule was reestablished in Israel. Unfortunately, when they captured Israel, again from the Muslims, The news didn't get to Rome in time because it's still around that time, 1099 AD, that Pope Urban dies before he gets news. Yeah, you know, there were no phones then, so they wouldn't call easily. You had to send an envoy to move all the distance back home to communicate. By the time they got back to Rome, he was dead to give him news that they have recaptured Israel. But then they had recaptured Israel. And uh, the Christians were now in charge. Remember, differentiate the Jews and the Christians at that time. And uh, the Christians, those who believed in Jesus, took the reins as crusaders in the land of Israel. The Jews, of course, the Muslims were taken badly. The Jews uh, fared a bit, a little better than the Muslims in this era of the crusaders, though still there was murdering that happened for the Jews who are living in Israel, by the crusaders, by the way. The Christians were killing these Jews because they blamed them for the death of Jesus. They blamed them for the rejection of Jesus. So there were killings that happened for the Jews. They were beheading them yeah, and throwing them into the sea. The synagogues were destroyed by these crusaders, this group of Christians that came to deliver the nation from the hand of the Muslims, but then... Along that, the Jews also suffered uh, with this coming. And uh, these crusaders set the tone for many more centuries of anti Semitism, not only in Israel, but across Europe. Anti Semitism is hostility or hatred or prejudice against the Jewish people. So, Jewish people started to be hated not only in Israel because the Crusaders started to kill them, but across Europe. It's very unfortunate that it sounds like it's this Christian force that starts or intensifies and starts to spread the idea of hatred of the Jews. And across Europe, anti-Semitism took its toll. It started to get bad for Jews, not only those living in Israel during the Crusader time but even those who are living across Europe. It appears to be one of the groups that is most hated, or was most hated. And it's not done yet, by the way, because even today we still have cases of anti-Semitism, this hatred for the Jews. Now, in 1291 to 1516, 1516 A.D., we see Mamluk rule in the region of Palestine, Now, um, Mamluk means slave. Now, these guys uh, who who we see here were non-Arabs that had historically served the Arab dynasty in the Muslim world. They come and take over from the crusaders in the region of Palestine. And they came from regions including Caucasian, Turkey, and Europe. And these were a mixed group of people who were once slaves, as Mamluk means. And they were ruling, and they majorly eradicated the Crusader culture in Israel during their time when they're in power. They're like, "Hey, Christians out of here!" They didn't want to know about uh the Christian news or the Christian doctrine and belief system so during this time, the Jews were granted liberties, yeah, like in the Muslim era, they had their liberties. But still there was some discrimination that still happened in legal matters, forced taxation and uh, things within their lifestyle that they kept objecting to and telling them, um, we don't want you to worship in such a manner. Even if your law says do this for us, we do not accept that you do it. So Mamluk comes off 1517 A.D. to about 1917 A.D., Uh, we see a new power rise in the world. That is the Ottoman Empire. Ottoman rule also takes over the Palestine region. And the Ottomans, all the Turks, as we may consider them, conquered the region. Jewish life improved during the Ottoman rule. That's a fact. And many Jews, since they are being tortured with the anti-Semitism, the hatred for the Jews that's going on across Europe, Many of the Jews fled back to their land because they knew now our chances of survival are better. Yeah. So they return back to the land where they had their hopes to the land that they considered their own during the Ottoman rule. And uh, there were some restrictions, of course, but there were few. Yeah. And we saw in that time of the Ottomans, that's between 1517 to 1917 AD that we see some Jews rise to power in the Ottoman court. They became physicians. They became economists. They they started to succeed even in the business world. yeah. And uh, within this Ottoman Empire, we saw, like in 1882 to 1903, we saw the first Aliyah. Aliyah means immigration. The first Aliyah, the first large-scale immigration of the Jews, returning back home, mainly from Russia. And they returned back to their land. And in Hebrew, as we've seen, the word Aliyah means immigration, or to go up, or to get back to your place. So, they get up from Russia and return to the Palestine region. That's the first Aliyah that we saw. And this was majorly because of the anti-Semitism, the hatred for the Jews, and the Killings of the Jews that were happening abroad. And they were rampant across the world, by the way, like we saw. Even in Africa, you had the Jews being killed. In Ethiopia, they were being killed. Uh, across Germany, name it. We looked at the Holocaust we, in history. Many Jews being killed. And we have the first earlier happen around that time. And when they return, there's a man called Eliezer ben Yehuda, after coming to Jerusalem, he vows to transform Hebrew into a modern language. Yeah, It has to be spoken by the people, even those that are returning back home. He says, we have to make our language, the Hebrew language, uh, strong. Because by the time, they mostly used Hebrew in prayer. But communication, wherever they were, they had taken up the languages of the different nations and states that they had run to uh, during the dispersion. And uh, when they return home, this man, Eliezer Ben Yehuda says, we need to make Hebrew great again. And, uh, within that time, uh, with his efforts, their national library was founded with literature that was in the revived Hebrew language. And he also wrote the first ever Hebrew English dictionary. And, uh, today as we speak, it's their national language as Israel and, uh, it's spoken by over 10 million people. So it was a great small step taken by one man, yeah, Eliezer Ben Yehuda, that spreads this effort across, and now you have over 10 million people. So who are speaking the language? So those small steps that you take can be important. They are key. And for Israel, they did great concerning their language. And uh in eighteen ninety seven, we see the first Zionist Congress that is convened in Switzerland. And this founded the Zionist organization or the Zionist movement or what we know as Zionism. Zionism, all this movement of the Zionists, aimed at establishment of a homeland for the Jewish people in the land of Palestine, in the region of Palestine. And uh, this was on the basis of, of long Jewish connection and attachment to that land. They were saying, that has been our land for years. Go back to the history. Go back to what our forefathers said, to what the books say that we wrote, what the Bible then, which had already uh, been commissioned and came out during the time of Constantine. And uh, they were saying, hey, read. The Palestine region is ours. It was given to us. Our forefathers belong there. So, In the Zionist movement, they were aiming to establish a recognized homeland for the Jewish people. The Romans had messed it up for them. 70 AD, burnt Jerusalem. They all went. They left. They changed it to Syria-Palestina province. It was taken over by now they say we want our land back. We want to be recognized as an independent Jewish state. Those were the terms of the Zionist movement. And uh, it was also a reaction for the anti-Semitism that was happening, the killing of the Jews, the trouble that they were going through across the world. And this area they desired, autonomy, was still under the control of the Ottoman Empire by then. But for them, they stated that it belonged to our forefathers. History proved that. There was nothing to argue concerning that. It belonged to their forefathers and they wanted it. And this Zionism or Zionist movement was looking at the issue of how you guys recognize us and we get our land back. does not belong to the Ottomans. It is ours. We want our land back. So this was a national liberation movement for the repatriation of a persecuted people across the world to its ancestral homeland. The Jews who are being persecuted across the world This was a movement, an effort to bring them back into their ancestral home. Their place that they got, had their forefathers before things turned as the empires went by and the dispersions were happening. So, this Zionist movement was very important in the life of Israel at that time. Now, in 1904... To 1914 A.D., we saw the second Aliyah happen. Remember, we said Aliyah is to go up. Or oh, immigration, the second Jewish immigration, happened to Palestine. And uh, in this second immigration, we had over 35,000 Jews who returned to the Palestine region. Uh, all Israel, as it was going to be known. Mostly, they came from Russia and Poland. And when they returned, there's urban development that starts to be realized and most notably, Tel Aviv is founded and built in 1910 and becomes a major city in the land of Israel. And uh, here, we are now closer to the modern times. But what is happening at this point is anti-Semitism, hatred for the Jews, prejudice. They are being killed across the world. How such a people, people of God, are hated by Mostly everybody that decided to haunt them down and kill them is something hard to imagine. But they start to return to their land and tomorrow we shall get to the most interesting part of what transpires out of this Zionist movement and the second Aliyah. Father, we thank you that you enable us to study. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. May you be with us and prosper us in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.